Support for WGLT's Grow comes from FS Custom Turf by Evergreen FS. FS Custom Turf offers complete lawn and tree care services to preserve the health of yards, trees, and shrubs. Products and services detailed at evergreen-fs.com. Welcome to Grow. I'm Sarah Nardi. Today we have Nick Frillman from U of I Extension back to talk about some more ideas for edible landscaping. Nick says if you're going to spend all that time out in your yard, you might as well reap the benefits of growing some things you can eat. Last time he was here, Nick told us about hops, rhubarb, currants, and serviceberry. But now that we're headed into late summer, we've got some other edible plants to discuss. Nick, welcome back. Hey, Sarah. It's awesome to be back on the show. And uh, yeah, we're definitely into the later part of the summer, but got some exciting plants to talk about today. Okay, and you say these dog days of summer are actually the perfect time to talk about two of your favorite plants. Exactly. So moving forward towards the end of the season here, uh, berry season is coming to a close. Kind of sad about that myself. Mm -hmm. Um, There's still some blackberries out there, a few other things, but I wanted to put these two crops, uh, two edible landscaping plants on people's radar so that Uh, Maybe you guys will see some out there in the wild this fall, early fall, late summer, whatever you want to call it. Maybe consider planting some of them next year. And those are elderberry and pawpaw. Okay. And I just had an idea. Let's call late summer, early fall, fummer. (laughs) Okay. Let's coin that. You and me today. I like it. All right. Falmer it is. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, because I never know what to call that. Officially, it's still summer. Okay. So elderberry here in the Midwest is uh, Sambucus nigra for all those uh, Latin binomial nerds out there. Um, That's the European elderberry. And then we also have the uh, uh, American elderberry, Sambucus nigra uh, variety canadensis. And so between that and the pawpaw, I wanted to describe these a little bit so that folks, when they're on their last of summer walks, early fall walks, they might see some and Mm -hmm. maybe might get to find a couple of these things to be able to try this year. Cool. When you're out on those summer walks, look for the elderberry. (laughs) The palmer walks. (laughs) Yeah. So let's get into a little bit about what that elderberry looks like. So they've been called a bush. They've been called a tree. They're all in the sides of the road and ditches, but they're also in the understory of a lot of our forested area. So think Kamalara Park, Funks Grove, but also just, yeah, those sides of the parkway areas. And um, so they can grow to a height of about 10, 15, sometimes even 20 feet. Depending on the landowner's care of them, they could be pruned into either shape. So keep that in mind. And so Here they're referred as a bush, but yeah, we have some 20-foot-tall elderberries in the refuge food forest in Normal. So if any folks out there are interested in what they look like and you want to get a confirmed visual ID, head over to the refuge food forest in North Normal and check out our elderberries, which right now are fruiting. And maybe that's a good place to start. Go where you know for certain that it is an elderberry and it is edible before you go out. Mm-hmm. Picking yeah. things in the in the wild. Okay. That's a good tip. And the other thing you can look for if you catch them fruiting before they're done for the year, they have a little bit of an, it's called an umble shape. So if anybody knows the weed Queen Anne's Lace, which is one of the first spring weeds and one of the last fall weeds that you see, otherwise known as wild carrot, it's got a little upside down umbrella shape going on with a little bunch of white florets. And that's the same shape that the elderberry flower takes in the spring, late spring, and then that's the same shape that the plant takes in late summer when it fruits. Oh, fascinating. 
and it'll flip upside down, so it'll be a little right-side-up umbrella once the fruits are ripe, and they're dark purple, almost a black color, mm -hmm. and so they're pretty unmistakable, actually. Okay. And elderberry is commonly used, really cool, commonly used in the wine industry to add a little bit of tannin, which is that dry feeling on the tongue. If you have had a dry Cabernet Sauvignon, that's what that is, is a tannic feeling. Tannic, mm -hmm. Tannins add body to the wine. And also elderberry is used for its complexity of flavor as well. Now, I know that elderberry is used a lot in cocktails. There, I know there are quite a few elderberry liqueurs, but I did not know that it was used in wine. I'd never heard of that before. Yeah, I think that that may be on the way out. I think now that there's such a proliferation of different used-to-be-rare grape varietals that that may be being phased out a little bit, but that's what it has been used for in the past. Hmm. And then also, our nutrition and wellness educator, Jenna Smith at University of Illinois Extension, who works with me, um, provided me with a recipe last week that I used in a refuge food forest um, work day and harvest day that I put on for a elderberry syrup, which, like you mentioned, um, also has uses in cocktails, but in the past... Um, in traditional folk medicine, it has been known to help with alleviate symptoms of the common cold and flu-like viruses and other things. Oh. Um, studies are still, the, the jury's still out on that one, but I thought that was pretty interesting. And then in Europe, elderflower liqueur is al also pretty popular, as well as elderflower tea. Okay, so it can alleviate cold symptoms and sobriety in some cases. <laughs> yeah, and the magical elderberry. Right, and I'm not I'm not 100% sure about the cold and flu symptoms. I haven't tried that one myself and we we can't advocate uh, you know, medicinal uses for crops, but we can give you a recipe for the syrup and then let you discover its uses on your own time. Go for it. Yeah. So Moving on away from the berries themselves, elderberry are really cool as a landscaping plant. Um because they provide a, a plethora of pollen in the late spring and early summer, and they'll attract all manner of bees, beetles, flies, birds, and much more. And on top of all that, being a perennial crop and a perennial plant, it'll sequester carbon from the atmosphere as it ages and gets bigger. Well, that's a nice plus. Yeah, so a little bit of shelter for your birds, a little bit of food for your pollinators, and they're so big and bushy that they'll definitely function as a landscape screen as well. So I actually planted a couple in my yard this year. Nice. What, but what if someone eats their way through your screen? Does that <laughs> defeat the purpose? No, not at all. Okay. The, the berry clusters are, are definitely a small component of the plant. So yeah. Okay, and what about pawpaw? You say that pawpaw is another great edible for the late summer. Definitely, and pawpaw was really, is really cool, and they're about the size of your palm, maybe your palm and your outstretched finger. They kind of look like a small mango, but they don't turn yellow. They're more of a greenish, dark greenish, or sorry, light greenish color when they're ripe. Mm -hmm. And right about now until two, three weeks from now, depending on the type of pawpaw and the weather and where the tree is, um, the pawpaw will become ripe, and when it's ripe, it falls to the ground, so you can't miss it. If you're looking down like most people are these days, walking around with your phone in your hand, <laughs> you, might be, you might glance across the ground and see a couple pawpaws lying by, and the leaves on the tree are impossible to miss because they're about a foot and a half or two foot long and kind of oblong-shaped palmate, which means they have a central vein from which little fingers um, come out of the leaf. And once you've seen the leaf, you can't miss it. So once again, 
we have a pawpaw at the refuge food forest. There's only one. They like to hang out in the shade of other trees, so they're really cool for people that have shady yards. You can mm-hmm. plant a pawpaw and not worry about, is my tree going to get enough sun or not? So no worries there. And uh, it's bit right underneath the bald cypress at the food forest. Oh, so, very cool. Yeah, the flavor of the pawpaw, um, this is the best part, right? Folks want to eat it. So the flavor of the pawpaw has been described as a cross between an apple, a mango, and a banana. It's like a miracle fruit. Yeah, it's kind of kind of funky flavored. Um, once they've fallen off the tree, collect them off the ground and leave them on your counter for a day or two. And once they have kind of a fermented fruit smell, I know it sounds weird, but that's when they're ready. And then I like to just cut them the length of the fruit with a knife in half, and you'll see a bunch of black seeds, like four to eight, depending on how big your fruit is. You can pull those seeds out, and they actually have a little, like, pocket of juice around, like, a okay. little... almost like a pomegranate? Yeah, they have, sure. like, a little pocket of juice around the seeds, and you can chew off that pocket and get the juice out, and then the fruit you can just scoop out with a spoon and eat as is. Okay. I like to put it on ice cream. All right. Good advice from Nick Frillman from the U of I Extension. I'm Sarah Nardi. If you have any questions, send those to wglt.org grow.